Uh, good afternoon. This is Edward Frank. I'm with the Northern Appalachian Film Collective, NAFCO. And today we're doing an interview with Jim LaPuma, who is the owner of the Moonlight Drive-In in Brookville, amongst other things. And uh, he's going to tell us all about the movie theater business, the movie drive-in business, from uh, a, career a career doing them. <laughs> Uh, well, tell us about your drive. When when did you open? What What's some of the plans well, for this? For this year, we're going to open on April 9th. Uh, that's going to be the beginning of our... Uh, we're going to be opening up on April 9th. That's going to be the beginning of our 2021 season. We're certainly hoping that this season's a lot better than last season. Last season was really tough for the small-town theaters as well as drive-in theaters with the pandemic. Um, the film companies are going to free up some movies. Last year, we couldn't get any new movies, uh, which means we were playing old retro movies, which are things you could see at home on your TV. And we were trying to uh, keep afloat with those, which we did. It was lucky that we could get those shows and it kept us going through the winter so we could be here again this year. Um, we have a lot of other activities too. Uh, last year, we had our first Christian concert uh, last October by Casting Crowns and it was a huge hit. On May 5th, we're going to have Toby Mack, who is another big Christian band that's going to be here on location. It's not a video. It's not uh, a streaming mechanism. It's going to be an actual concert. And uh, so that's coming on the 5th. And we have another one coming on the 15th that I can't reveal yet, 15th of June. I can't reveal yet because I'm not allowed for about another two weeks. Uh, but we'll have another Christian concert here on the 15th. So we're working on a lot of different things. We're talking about a, um, a comedy show uh, that we're trying to put together for June, which would be something different as well. Uh, but we're excited. But we've been closed long enough, and it's now time to uh, get back into swing and do what we do and do what we like, which is entertaining the public. Well, uh, I said you owned this drive-in theater, but this isn't where you got started in the theater business. When did you get started in the movie business? I started in drive-in business, and it was late 1981. And uh, I went to school with a young lady whose family owned drive-ins. And uh, we went up to see a free show periodically because her family would let us. And her mother said to me one night, do you want a job? Do you want a summer job? And I said, well, what the heck? I like to drive in. So that's how it all started. Uh, Forty years later, I'm still doing it. So my first job is still my favorite job and my favorite passion that uh, I've been doing now for 40 years. It was at a drive-in theater called the Greater Pittsburgh Drive-In. It was a big drive-in. Um, it uh, had five screens, held 2,000 cars. Compared to what we do, we hold 400 cars here, so you can imagine the difference in the size. Uh, unfortunately, in 1997, it was sold and turned into a Walmart, so it's no longer there. I also then um, managed, when I was 18 years old, I managed one in South Hills of Pittsburgh, which is now the location where Bowser Pontiac is. It was called the South Hills Drive-In, and it closed in 1988. Um, so I've seen many come and I've seen many go, but I've had an enjoyment of working in multiple drive-ins and uh, really enjoying my life. How has the drive-in movie theater business changed since when you first started it as a kid? It's a far cry from what it was when I started as a kid. First of all, when I was a kid, there were no new movies at a drive-in theater. Drive-ins all showed second-run uh, pictures, what we call B-rated pictures, which were the substandard movies. Um, that's who came. So we would show the 
uh, Alien versus Spaceman movie and uh, some of those type of shows. Um, and we ran movies older. Sometimes we didn't get them until a year after uh, they played at an indoor theater. Um, about 1993, I believe it was, the film companies, after drive-ins fighting for first-run pictures, um, freed up Jurassic Park for drive-ins to run first run. And uh, it was such a hit and such a success that the drive-ins have been running first-run pictures since. Uh, but we had to. The people didn't want to see movies a year out, as you know how things are today. Going from the step of uh, when I started, there was no HBO. There were no videotapes. Uh, there were no video CDs, DVDs. Um, all those things we've competed against for all these years. And very fortunately, we're still here. You know, each one of those steps, people thought that would be the end of the drive-in. Uh, I got to the point where people call me for interviews. I'd say, if you're going to do an interview about the drive-ins closing or the dinosaurs, because they would call us dinosaurs at that time, I'd say, I'm not going to do an interview because I don't want a negative one. I want a positive one. There are some of us out there trying to keep this piece of Americana alive. Um, I'll never be rich, um, but it's not about money. Not everything's about money. We make enough money that we can survive. We make enough money we can keep the place afloat. And uh, I'm quite content with that. I hope this driving will be here for a long time. Next year, this theater will be 70 years old, next July. Um, we're trying to work to get a historic landmark uh, destination for the theater so we can celebrate that next year for our 70th anniversary. So, uh, But it's changed so much. I mean, it just really has. It's... it's uh, uh, in the 80s, it was mainly, mainly teenagers that attended the drive-ins. Um, and then in the 90s, when we went first run, we were able to bring the families back together to drive-in because the families kind of stayed away. The movies weren't family, uh, you know, movies that we showed in the 80s and uh, even early 90s. Um, and then when we went to the new run, first run family pictures, it brought the families back. And that's what our business is, is the families. That's what we need to be, and that's what we enjoy to entertain. Uh, for us, it's great because a $20 bill can uh, entertain a family uh, all night. Um, there's not much you could do for $20 and, uh, and take your family and enjoy an entire evening of entertainment. There's not that many drive-ins around here. The only one I can think of offhand that's anywhere as close is what is it, 322 driving on the other side right. of Clearfield? there. Um, ironically, there used to be one in Dubois and one in Punxsy and one in Clary and one in here and one in St. Mary's, uh, one in Catanning. And for a very short period of time, there was one in Sigel, believe it or not. Uh, they're all gone. Uh, I believe as of this year, we're down to 29 driving theaters left in the state of Pennsylvania. And there were hundreds at one point. Well, I'm glad you're keeping this one going. I remember coming here as a kid. You know, I probably enjoyed going down there and playing in the playground with the other kids. Sure. As more so than, sure. than even watching the movies. Sure. Because you had a, I had a place set out front. You had one of those big concrete, like, pieces of tile, mm -hmm. like a culvert. And it was fun to run through that thing. And I, I remember playing down there as a kid. I don't really remember... The movies that I saw, but I remember playing in the playground as a sure. kid. All the drive-ins had playgrounds. Uh, actually, the one I started at, uh, at one point, they had electric merry-go-rounds and everything else there. 
Uh, one of the first things that when I reached out to my insurance company said I'm opening up a drive-in theater, one of the first questions they had were, are you going to have a playground? And I said, what if I were? And they said, if you are, we won't insure you. So playgrounds are out. I mean, it's one of those things. We would love to have a playground here, but you're like every other kid. It was fun to go play at the playground with the other kids. I go back in your pajamas, sit and watch a movie for about 15 minutes and then doze and mom and dad could watch a show and not be bothered by the kids. So uh, those things still happen, just like the playground. The kids all congregate in front of the screen. They play ball, they play frisbee, they do all those things down front. And when the show starts, many of them head back to the car and probably never see the beginning of the show. Uh, the technology for projecting the, the movies has changed a bit since uh, you started. Yeah, 35 millimeter film was the king for over a hundred years. Um, in 1995, uh, we were pushed to the point that if we wanted to continue operation, we had to upgrade to a digital projector. Uh, without it, we wouldn't be in business because the film companies quit making 35 millimeter film. Um, it was a huge cost. It cost us $92,000 to put a digital projector in, uh, which was a hard nut to crack in a small town, uh, weather dependent, uh, seasonal businesses we have here at the Moonlight Drive-In. Uh, we were very fortunate that uh, we could pull it off. We had some friends that helped us pull it off, and, um, and we're here, and I hope that we will be here for a long time. How big of a screen do you have out here? That screen is 80 by about 60. Um, it's a nice size screen. It's not the biggest screen. There were screens that were 130 feet wide, but they were much bigger drive-ins that held you know, thousands of cars. Uh, but it was made specifically for here. Whoever designed it, uh, built it specifically for CinemaScope, which is the wide uh, picture. It's exact. The throw from the projection room to the screen and the width is all perfectly CinemaScope. Uh, so when you watch a movie here, we don't crop any of the picture. Many, many theaters have to crop top or bottom or left or right because the screen is not CinemaScope and wasn't designed for CinemaScope. Um, but ours was done perfectly, so I, I commend whoever did it uh, because not too many of them were perfect, but this one was. So when we project the CinemaScope picture, you don't miss anything. Everything is there for you to see. I remember coming and we have the little speakers that was on a pole mm -hmm. that you'd stick in your windows, and now you transmit everything via FM, right? Absolutely. Everybody still asks, you know, the older people, the younger people have gone long enough, you know, we've been here, I, I bought this theater in 96, we opened in 97, so the younger people are used to not having uh, speakers here, but the older folks will still say, well, there's no speakers, how are we going to hear the show? Or I'd like to have a speaker, I don't want to leave my car radio on. Um, those speakers, ironically, were about a buck a piece, not the encasement, because it was a big uh, aluminum encasement. But the speaker itself inside, we would change every year almost because we're sitting out in the weather, they would just go bad. And it cost about a dollar for the replacement and we'd replace them almost every year. Uh, the sound quality was nothing compared to what you experience at the drive-in today. Um, so we do have digital sound now, we never did before. Um, and we have a digital processor which when you're at an indoor theater, you have a speaker on the left side of the screen, you have one in the middle, you have one on the right, and you have surround sound. Uh, our processor is made for driving. It actually pulls all those into two channels to transmit out to your vehicle. So you're actually getting the surround sound, the left, the center, and right speaker through our system and into your car. 
So the sound is about, I would say, no less than 2,000 times better than it was to have those little drive-in speakers hanging on your window. How does the process work when you get a new movie? What, what do you do to get the movie to show it? Well, first of all, I have to book a movie, so I have to deal with the film companies each and every week. And I pay, I pay a film booker um, who's like a realtor. You know, a realtor is a seller and, uh, and, and, and it works with the people that are buying. Uh, film booker is saying, I'm buying a movie from the film companies. He's, he's working with the film companies, he's working with me, but he, he works for me. I pay him to do that job. Uh, the reason is he books for hundreds of screens, and if I do it myself, I'm one, and I won't get as good a deal because I'm booking for one screen. Uh, so when I decide what movies I want to run, I have to work through a booker, uh, pick my main feature and my second feature. Um, it used to be with 35mm film, they'd send the film and I'd have to put it all together to play it. We'd splice it all together into one big film. Um, when we first put 35mm in, it came on a, a disc that we then had to what we call ingest onto our server and play the movie from our server. So you don't play it from that disc itself, it has to be ingested into our server that's in our projector and then play. Um, the following year, we updated the satellites. So on the back of the snack bar, there's a big satellite dish. And uh, the movie sent to us via satellite from 32,000 miles away onto another server that we then ingest onto ours, just the same as we did a drive. Uh, but every movie is on that server. Although I can't touch it until I book it and the film companies throw a switch and say, you can use that movie. <coughs> I'm sorry, Frank. Um, on top of that, now when I book a movie, uh, if we're a Friday, Saturday, Sunday operation, uh, the movie will play Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. After midnight on Sunday, it will not play. It could be on my server, but we can no longer play it because they control what days, whatever days you book is what you get to play, and that is it. Before, if I booked it for Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I could play it on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. It wouldn't matter, but I can't do that anymore. They control what days it, it plays. So you pay, uh, uh, do you pay a set rental fee, or do you pay by the, uh, like, your viewership? We pay a percentage of what we get in at the box office. So whatever we take in, a very high percentage of that goes to the film company. We pay more than indoors do because we're showing you two movies, usually a movie that's brand new and one that may only be two weeks old. So the majority that you pay us to admit to the Moonlight Drive-In is forwarded to the film companies. That's how they make their money. That's how they report on Monday morning that they brought in $100 million. Um, how we make money is by operating our concession stand. That's, that's our sole money maker here. So if people don't come in and support the concession stand, we can't be here to continue to carry on this tradition. So yeah, Ticket Booth does not make us much money. That's why when you go to an indoor theater, a bucket of popcorn costs you $15. Um, we don't do that. Uh, what you buy here, the same box of candy, we charge you two and a quarter, an indoor theater is probably $5. So even though we give you two movies, we, we charge you less than a snack bar because we need that support of the concession stand to keep us going. Do you in any way 
miss the old film reels or do you like the digital better? I was a projectionist for a long time. Uh, when I first became a projectionist in the state of Pennsylvania, you had to have a license. And it was a trade that was only carried on from projectionist to projectionist. It was never a projectionist school. Uh, so I had to work so many hours at a theater, training with a projectionist for free. I didn't get paid to do it. Uh, and then I actually had to go to the state building, downtown Pittsburgh, and take a test to be able to be a licensed projectionist. And believe me, they checked. They, the state had been here to check to make sure we had licensed projectionists even at this theater. Um, so I ran film for a long time. It was a lot more work because now when we're done with a movie, uh, the last night we showed, I can actually hit a button and delete that picture, delete a file and it's gone. Uh, with 35 millimeter, we had to take those reels that we spliced together into one great big movie and we had to tear them back down and put them onto small reels to ship them to the next theater. A lot more work. Uh, but it took me a long time to get used to not running film. Um, uh, film was one of those things that I could listen. I could tell you something was wrong with the projector. So if I could walk by the projection room or I could be in the kitchen and something was wrong with the projector that the film wasn't running through, I could hear it in my ear and I knew something was wrong. It took me a long time to quit listening for those sounds because for so many years we did. Our projection room was open for people to be able to see inside the projection room to see how it worked and we wanted to hear in the snack bar exactly what was happening. Um, so, so many times at first I would jump and say, oh my God, it's not running. I don't hear the film running and catch myself. There is no film running. Um, I would still enjoy running film today. I really would. Um, we did not take out the 35 millimeter equipment here. Um, believe it or not, we just put new in about eight years before we had to put digital in. Um, so it's fairly new equipment. Um, and I believe there'll be a day that somebody's gonna wanna have a film festival an actual film festival where they're running film, not running digital, running film. Um, so we still maintain it. We run it every month. Uh, we oil it up. We maintain it. Um, but yeah, I, I miss I miss running film. My life's easier with digital, but I, I do miss the film. I made a copy of a, a movie I was going to bring give to you, but I left it the flash drive on my my desk. It was a Hungarian movie. No, it's a Turkish movie. It's about 12 minutes long, and it's about all these old projectionists reminiscing about the days of uh, sure. running film, and I thought you'd appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm going to drop it off the next time I'm, sure. I'm yeah. up this way, because I think you'd really like it. It, it was such a part of your life, uh, you know, that um, it was hard to get past not running film. It was like the guys with vinyl LPs that didn't like CDs. It was like the photographer that doesn't care for digital uh, cameras, prefers film. I prefer film too, you know. But it was time. It, we had to move on and it is what it is. What kind of attendance do you get for a, a good night here for far we, as cars? If they, we have the big show of the summer, we can sell out. So this place will hold 400 cars. We've had 400 cars in here. Um, we've had over 2,000 people here in one evening. Um, so when you have those big shows, for instance, 2019 was a great summer, one of our best summers we ever had. Can't say the same for 2020, but 2019 was a great summer. Um, so we had a lot of big crowds. Uh, it's just a shame because our season's so short. We have about 10 weeks to make it for next year. So about the second week of uh, uh, June, 
to the second week of, uh, of August, or the beginning of June to the second week of August, that's all over. Uh, that's changed as well. Used to be the holiday weekends were humongous. When you had Memorial Day, Fourth uh, of July, and Labor Day, they were huge weekends at the theater. It's not the same anymore. They're not the big weekends they used to be. Um, the kids would come later. There wasn't as many activities as the kids have today with band camps and football and all those other things in the fall. Uh, so as soon as school activities begin, our attendance drops. Um, and, and graduations actually interfere until about the middle of June where you have a lot of graduations going on on Saturday nights and whatever. Um, so it's, it's changed so much. But we have a real short window. Uh, if we get the weather, we're okay. If we get the lousy weather, we're not so okay. You're talking about some community and public service things you're doing here, like giving kids the stuff bunnies and training for the USDA. Could you tell me something about those kind of events? Sure. Last year we found that the drive-in was more important than we think we ever were. Uh, I know that sounds odd, but we, we became more important uh, for so many reasons last year with, with this pandemic. Uh, first off, we became a, a, a center for church. We had churches that, that had service here for two months. Uh, we had weeks, we had four different churches here that had their service here at the Moonlight Drive-In. Uh, we found the graduations uh, were very important because the kids were not going to have a graduation. They lost out in their proms, they lost out in their spring sports, and graduation was going to be a, a video that mom and dad was going to watch. And we reached out to the school district and said, hey, we're here. Um, we want to do this. We didn't charge anybody for any activities with graduations. We just felt that you got to give back. And we, we gave back quite a bit last year to the communities. We do every year, but last year was really a, a, a huge amount. Uh, and we had graduates for CL, Brockway, as well as Brookville here. And our graduation was even different than it was at other drive-ins, because other drive-ins just showed a video. Ours was part video and part live. So mom and dad actually saw their, ch their children get their diplomas handed to them here at the Moonlight Drive-In. So we joked and called it the year of the drive-in graduates, because it was different last year. Uh, we had fundraisers for Christian schools. We did daycare graduations. We did so much last year. We even did a funeral, uh, which is a first for me. Uh, we had a customer that had been here from the day we opened uh, that paid, became a 25-year veteran of the Moonlight Drive, and she passed away last spring. And her family couldn't have a funeral, asked us if we could have it here. And i got to tell you something, Ed, uh, it was beautiful. We lucked out. It was a beautiful evening. Um, uh, the, the pastor did a wonderful job. We did a wonderful job. And we had a, a funeral here at the Moonlight Drive. And, um, this year, including last year, the Sheriff's Department reached out and said, hey, uh, we usually visit hospitals during Easter and we give these Easter bunnies away, stuffed animals. Can we do something at your place where we can have a drive-through where nobody gets out of their car? We can give them their candy and wrap and get them through. And we had such a huge success last year that uh, Sheriff Carl Gottwald asked if we could do it again this year. So next Wednesday, uh, from 5 to 8, or 6 to 8, I believe, um, they're going to be here with 400 stuffed rabbits and the Easter Bunny will be here and they got some candy for the kids and we're going to do it again this year. Uh, as well as another thing we've never done before is the USDA is doing training here next week, next Thursday for farmers um, because they can't do training indoors. Um, the farmers have to have their certificates of training so that they can spray their fields. 
Um, so we're going to have a bunch of farmers here next Thursday where the USDA and Penn State Extension and all those will be here uh, to do training on the screen uh, for our farmers to have so that they have their certificate to be able to do their uh, spraying in their fields and get our crops moving. As I don't know about you, but I really like fresh corn, so I'd like them to get them moving soon. And what dates are those? Uh, the 29th is, uh, is that the last day of the month? Next Wednesday? The 29th is next Monday. Okay, so it must be the 31st. Is it? Yeah, it would be 31st is uh, the rapid giveaway with the Sheriff's Department, and April 1st is the uh, training with USDA, and then we'll be opening up for the season on April 9th. Do you know what your first movie is going to be that you're going to I see? I don't yet. I'm waiting... Uh, probably till next week um, to see. I think I'm probably going to have Godzilla versus King Kong. It's probably going to be my uh, one of my pictures. Um, but I'm waiting until next week just to get a feel for the weather, and and uh, then we'll get our first show booked. Uh, would you could you show us your projector and absolutely? Stuff? Would you like to go see? Like to go see? Okay. And as I was, ex are you on? Yes. As I was explaining, this was our 35 millimeter projector. Uh, as you can tell by looking at it, it looks like new because it's not very old. Um, uh, difference with 35 millimeter is the fact that the top of the projector is actually the projector. That's the part that projects the picture. This bottom piece down here is what we call the sound head. That's what reproduced the sound. And this piece in the back was the lamp house. All it did was have the lamp in it. That went into the projector and projected to the screen. So a little bit different setup than what I'm going to show you with the digital, but this was our 35 millimeter, as I told you, it's still here and it's not going anywhere. Then we changed to digital. So you can see it looks like a big uh, a digital projector they might have in the classroom. It really is um, a little bit different. This this uses 6,500 watt Xeon bulb to project the image. This used. 5,000 watts, so believe it or not, digital takes more light to project a picture than 35 millimeter did. And that's mainly because that light is divided by three, goes through three different chips with colors and then brings it back around. So that, that actually takes more light to do our image than it did with 35 millimeter. Uh, so all this other equipment goes along with it, which entails uh, our transmitter, our digital projector, and we do have backup power supplies, so if the lights would flicker, uh, we wouldn't lose where we would be on the movie. The, the server will stay on. The server itself is actually built into the projector here. So this is our server. This is a $14,000 piece of equipment, this server. And you can see the drives are here. There's three drives in there. Uh, that's done for redundancy. When the drives go out, the picture will still go on. Um, so that's what this part is here is the server and the rest of it's just a huge big digital projector. On the wall over there as you can see with all the lights on on that wall is the um, modem for the satellite dish and then the big server with all the blue lights at the bottom um, is how we get all of our previews and movies. So every preview is on there that I can bring up and add to my server to play for the public to watch. And every movie that is made is on that server as well. 
Uh, but like I said, I cannot take a movie off until I have it booked, and then they turn the switch on and says, okay, you can take it off of there. And then it has to be moved to our server. We cannot play from that server. It has to be played off of this server. Um, and, and that's how the movies come down. So physically, I don't touch a piece of equipment anymore. It's all wires running from a server to another server um, is how it works. But uh, far cry from what it was with film. There's a, a 35 millimeter picture. That's Dirty Dancing hanging on the wall on that big reel there. I, I'll move this ladder here. That is a 35 millimeter picture. So before, where you see all these white lines at, is 2,000 feet of film. So for Dirty Dancing, it was 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12,000 feet of film for Dirty Dancing that ran through the projector. And, and these are all what we call 20-minute reels that we spliced together and ran straight through the projector. In the old days, we had two projectors that we switched back and forth every 20 minutes between reels. Um, and there's another piece of equipment that used to be in here called platter that just laid on. It's not here anymore because we put the digital in. But that, that's what it looked like before. And this is the size reels that the film came on. So this was a 20-minute reel. So that movie would have came on a whole bunch of these reels and I would have spliced it together. And then when we were done with that picture, I would take it back apart, put it back on these reels and ship it to the next location. And they would then splice it together and back and forth. That's how it worked. Weighed about 110 pounds uh, each week to pick up and make happen. And of course computers, we have to have computers make everything happen because it's all computerized, of course. We're very fortunate here, the Moonlight Drive in 2018, 19, and 20 by the Tri-State County uh, group picked the Moonlight Drive and out of any of the theaters in Elk, Jefferson, and Clearfield County is the best theater in all three counties. So uh, that's why we have them up there. But 18, 19, 20, we were picked the best theater in three counties. So that, that, that's, a, that's a very promising and, and exciting thing to have happen to us.